Welcome to a new episode with your favorite podcast, Eurovision Legends, and hopefully your favorite host, Emil Lövström. Today, I have invited a legend that we all know very well, but nobody seems to have understood the deal about all of its various names. Well, that and much more I hope to find out today. Cue the music. Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Ovi. Hello, I'm a legend. Ah, it sounds so cool. <laughs> Thanks for making me a legend. <laughs> Shall we begin with all your names? I mean your last names. We have three. Start with the one that you, uh, which is most difficult. I, I want to hear you saying it. Fernatenal. Try again. Shernatna. <laughs> not, not in luck. Okay, the name in Romanian it's Chernoutianu. Chernoutianu. Yes. If you know Ukraine, which was part of Romania before the Second World War, there's a city called Chernoutsi. Oh, this is my father's name. The funny story is that when he was born, the lady that wrote the name on this birth certificate added three letters. Actually, his family name was Chernoutsi, just like the city. Yeah. And for some reason, uh, the the last three letters were added to. It might be because the authorities at the time wanted to take away all the evidence when it came down to this part of Romania that was um, yeah, taken by Russia, basically. We don't know that if it was a mistake or if maybe she was drunk when she was writing that. That we don't know. But to be honest with you, I really never liked that name for some reason. It sounded so Russian. It sounded not cool. And on the other side, my mother's name, family name, was Martin. Uh, so um, when I got married in Norway, so I was so tired by that time to spell my name in English. Uh, so when I married, I asked my, I said to my wife, uh, I said, why don't we take my uh, mother's family name? Because it's very international. It's very cool. Martin. She had no problem with, problems with that. But at the time, it was a lot of bureaucracy to send all the papers to Romania. So um, she said, we're going to live in Norway. Do you have a problem taking my family family name? Jakobsen? Jacobson in English. And I said, well, I don't really have a problem. I wanted to change it anyway. Uh, but let me ask my father, you know, especially in the... In, it's always... A, a thing with the family name comes coming from the father and he said hey go ahead no problems it's already mistaken from my birth so really no problem there yeah and your first name then it's uh it's ovidio ovidio yes not very often in romania and of course to make it sound a little more yeah international that i thought of the uh Short version, Ovi. So it's Ovi from Ovidio and the family name. You got the story of it. But when people hear your name, they immediately think about Romania. But you started your Eurovision journey in Melody Grand Prix in Norway under the stage name Uwe Martin. Norwegians will say Uwe, which is kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> but I will not. But it was in 2006 with the song The Better Side of Me. Yeah. The Better Side of Me. Is dying to be free If you could only see 
the better side of me Yes, indeed It's the fact that I act like a fool I tell some jokes and I try to be cool To make them lie me, but maybe I try too hard You didn't reach the final that year, but can you tell us about this song? Probably is because I didn't write the song. That's why I didn't <laughs> reach the final. <laughs> <laughs> If I would have written my songs, it probably would have been a final. No, it was a great song. It was a great ballad. Um, make a long story short, my manager at the time in Norway uh, sended a promo material with me to the um, NRK, which is the Norwegian state TV. Uh, and uh, suddenly he got a call from them. Say, hey, uh, I'm the guy in charge of the whole Melody Grand Prix and, and the artists department. We, we've saw your material with OV. Uh, we've liked what we saw. Can he come to Oslo for an audition? And it was like, we were really excited. So, uh, so I flew into Oslo um, at that time, uh, went into a studio. That was a guy, Reinar Utnes, which was regisseur. Um, what's that in English? Director. Yeah. And uh, got in the studio, started, started singing the song. I was not even half through the song. And he said, Ovi, you got the job. See you in Melody Grand Prix. Uh, so um, that's how it all started. And that's how I also got to know my future producer for my albums and Playing With Fire and so on. Simon Eriksrud from Oslo which became more like a mentor for me at the time. Uh, so everything got linked together in a very nice way. Yeah, it was very quiet ballad, was not anything spectacular uh, whatsoever. And three years later, you were back in Melody Grand Prix oh. with the song Seven Seconds. Yeah, this is where Simon Eriksrud, the guy I told you, produced the better side of me and I got to meet at the time, came into the picture for full. I was back from LA where I produced my debut album and the whole production done with Preston Glass. We used, my manager at the time used a hundred thousand dollars for that. It was basically shit. Yeah. I was depressed. I was down. I was like, and I said, fuck, you know, I have to do something about it. And I mean, he used already a lot of money. I've been, uh, I took a loan on my house and I said, we have to redo the whole thing. And because I knew Seaman already from the 2006 with the better side of me, he was a good guy, a good producer, very upcoming. So I went to him to redo my whole debut album, this gig got almost got me killed and that's where seven seconds was part of the album collaborating with simone which is his wife and simone being uh, a famous singer songwriter from norway from a band called d sound uh, so she had this song which i liked very much um and yeah i got signed also in 2009 uh, with a label from oslo that works records and they said hey this is a good song and it's a good promotion for you to come back to eurovision with a song and especially that it's simone involved you're a debut artist and all that so we decided we send it in and uh, the song went from the semi-final with reebok uh, me and him we went to the final so that was a good achievement for me being uh, in in the beginning of my career I fell in seven seconds Ooh, I'll never stand again 
the year after, in 2010, you won the whole pre-selection, but in Romania. Yeah, you know, when Reebok won, then it was clear that the whole uh, Eurovision thing is going to be uh, arranged in, in Oslo in 2010. So strategically, I thought it would be cool to go again to Eurovision, but maybe not for Norway, uh, since we have been twice. Um, that year, in September 2009, I represented Norway in a song contest festival in Romania called Golden Stag, which brought me two prizes. It was And that's where I met Paula Selling, because she was in the jury. And she came to me, you know, after handing me the prizes, and we chitted chat a little bit and say, hey, I really... I, for me, you're the big winner anyway, and I think you're so good, cool, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, I respect you a lot as well. You, you and me, I think we're pretty much the same kind of artists, singer-songwriters, playing piano and all that. So I said, uh, why don't we try to collaborate on something? She immediately responded yes on that. I went back to Norway in uh, the fall of 2009 and started really brainstorming with myself. Okay, I had this success in Romania with the festival. I had the Norwegian um, exposure of the Melody uh, Grand Prix with the two, seven seconds. I had an album out. Okay, maybe this is the time to do something more for Eurovision. Then I decided and started to bang my head what to do for Eurovision 2010. I live in Norway, but I'm a Romanian. I have this connection with this produce, great producer from Oslo, Seaman. So I asked him, uh, hey, what about the uh, Eurovision? You want to produce that for me? Yeah, okay. But you have to have a song. So um, I went uh, back to Oslo. It worked for like a week. I wrote a lot with Simone, but we really didn't have the right song. So it was, I, I remember it was almost the last two days. And Seaman was telling me, hey, listen. I'm going to produce the song for you, but I can't make the song for you. So you really have to write song if you want to win. This is whatever we have. It's not a winner. And suddenly they, they, this little idea came and he was jumping from the sofa. Hey, whatever you do that, this is cool. So everything, you know, was like a burst of idea suddenly. And the rest is history. You know, we made that. I took that to Romania. Paula started sending, yeah, jumped in the production and with vocals and... Uh, working on the concept, the live concept, the stage concept, which is very important. Can you compare the contest in Romania and Norway, apart from the budget, that I guess is much bigger in Norway? Especially 10 years ago, it was a big, huge difference in, in the way it was arranged, the way it was staged, everything. I mean, Norway was years ahead with everything. It was much cooler, much bigger, much sound. Everything sounded cool, everything, yeah. It was a much more professional event. Uh, nowadays, Romania has kind of more or less closing in the gap a little bit, but still probably not in the same uh, level as uh, Norway or especially Sweden does. So, yeah, it was it was a difference, yeah. Eurovision in 2010 was held in Oslo, as you said before. 
Can you take us back? Well, it was a double event because we used, my label used that uh, opportunity, of course, uh, when I really made, uh, when I was fortunate to win with playing with fire, the national final in Romania and got to be a uh, into the international final in Oslo. Uh, so use that opportunity to really promote like hell my uh, um, my debut album that I was telling you about. So it was a lot of promotion related to my album and on the top of the uh, regular Eurovision promo that every artist does uh, during those two weeks when you are in that circus, internationally speaking. So it was very intense, was very cool, but their memories for life, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. We knew we had something special, to be honest with you. We knew that we came with a concept. I have to proudly uh, conf- confess to you that I, I, it came out in my head when I was in bed in Norway, in south of Norway, where I, where I lived after I went to that festival in 2009 and met Paula Selling. And I was thinking, what to do? Okay, one thing is the song and the other thing is a great act on stage. And, and um, I remember that I thought, what, did I, what didn't I see in the last years in Eurovision? Come on, come on. Okay, boy and a girl. Okay, cool, well, you've seen that before. Okay, we two piano players, some, okay, two classical pianos, ah, not so cool. Uh, it, this idea came with, um, with the double piano, like unibody piano thing. So that was my idea. But then I took, I actually stole an idea from a Swedish artist called Salem Al-Fakir. Yeah. He had that ear, a great song. I remember in the sky. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. Great song. Great song. I was hanging for the sky. Ended up dead on the ground. But once again, the sun is rising. I better keep on walking. Keep on walking. I was hanging for the sky. So he had, I saw him because I follow his music as well. And I, he was uh, in 2009 or no, he was in 2010 trying to, to be the winner in, in Melody Festival. Yes. He played a piano and he had this keys that lighted it up when he played. And I'll confess now, I showed Paula's husband, Radu, which is like a technical guy. I said, hey, listen, look at this. Can we also make this? This is so cool. So we brought that also in as uh, we probably couldn't have done it if Salem would have won for Sweden. But we brought the unibody glass plexi piano. We put all these elements, you know, into, into the play and yeah, device in our hands is hidden so we could uh, fire it up. It was a funny moment uh, during the rehearsals when, when that accidentally almost blowed in my face and Paula couldn't stop laughing. It was so funny, you know. So it was a lot of funny moments, a lot of uh, emotions, a lot of promo, a lot of um, special. It, it was a, it's an incredible boost for career, anybody's career, when you want to, like I wasn't debuting with my album. So those two weeks were really intense. And, and I mean, all eyes on you. I always said to any artist or songwriter that it's probably very difficult for you as a songwriter or an artist to have another platform uh, of exposure that really brings you from nobody to somebody. 
than Eurovision because yeah. Eurovision takes you from nothing and can make you a star overnight. Your song finished third, Turkey was second, and Germany won with a landslide. Did you feel early on that Lena would be unbeatable? No, but speaking of the second place, you know why we didn't win the second? We, we didn't go to the second place, right? No, tell me. It's because Romania gave eight points to Turkey and Turkey gave us less points. Actually, Romania did it itself. Okay, yeah, and I know you were very close, but... If we would have given uh, Turkey less points, we would have been on the second place. Yeah, the third place you win, the second place you lose. <laughs> if, if that's what you wanted to say. No, no, I want to say a third place is still the best place Romania has ever reached. And you share this record with uh, Luminita Angel and System with the song Let Me Try from 2005. It's true, yeah. Let me try, let me try. Well, come back to, to your question. I really didn't feel that Lena was unbeatable, if that's what you ask, because it's a competition, you never know. But we, it was the first time internationally for us. We, we just wanted to concentrate and to deliver the best. We were, you know, it's a competition, but we sensed that, that she would be the clear winner. Yeah. At least I didn't feel that. Two years later, you were back in the Norwegian pre-selection with a song co-written uh, with uh, Thomas Gerson and uh, Tommy Berre. And this time, you were not the star on stage. best things that came out as a songwriter after the success in 2010 was I got signed with Warner Chapel from uh, Stockholm and uh, a lot of opportunities opened up for me uh, as a songwriter so I started really to to travel a lot on songwriting camps and meeting very talented songwriters from Europe and US and from all over the world actually uh, so meeting meeting him that happened through a songwriting camp in Sweden uh, and me and him we actually wrote the song almost like in a half an hour and the other guy was more like a producer but he was part of the song as well so yeah that that was very cool and very nice and I, I really enjoyed being a songwriter and in the long run gives you um, more stability because as an artist you know you you're good as you have hits on the radio or as long as you still look good or you're young enough but as a songwriter you you can have a career much longer yeah it it was very nice also to be back was the song written for Reidun or did other singers try the songs no she was invited in the camp as artists we um, specifically wrote 
this one for her, hoping that she would like it. Do you remember if you sent the songs to Sweden also? Uh, if she did? No, if you did. As far as I remember, only for, for Norway. Okay. Do you know anything else? No, I don't, but uh, Thomas Gerson he sent his songs to, to all countries, so... I know, I know, I know. Well, I mean, everybody does this nowadays. I, I write now for, for different artists uh, every year for different countries. So uh, when I, once you get into this uh, Eurovision circus <laughs> as a songwriter, you you also asked by different artists or projects, and you also send. If I, have, I tend to choose carefully who I work with and who I send the songs to. I'm not desperate. Yeah. yeah. But I think um, this was particularly made for Melody Grand Prix. In 2014, then, you competed with two songs in two different countries. And I suggest we begin with your song in Belgium, She's After My Piano. Yeah. She's after my piano. Was this specially written for the Eurodance group from the 90s to Fabiola featuring Loredana? Or did you send this to other countries as well? The song was written again on a song camp in Denmark, in Copenhagen, I think two years before. And I, I really wanted to leave that songwriting camp with, with a funny, uh, silly tune, you know, like a, that type of song. Uh, I remember I woke up with that little hook in my head uh, in the last day of the song camp. I've started to uh, to get in touch, co collaborate a little bit with, uh, with a promoter, a manager, um, Olivier Van Hout from Belgium. Uh, and he was the one that pushed the song through to Belgium. And um, I think it was just the right timing that Tu Fabiola was looking for a song and they wanted to get back into the flashlights, uh, you know, and um, and yeah, they liked the song, they redid a little bit of the production, not so much, and did their own version. And they came second, which almost won. And that would have been a very funny story because, you know, at the same time, I wrote on a different song camp, uh, Miracle, with one of the same composers from Denmark, Philip Haloon, that I did, she's after my piano, and that uh, one in Romania, Miracle. And I almost competed against myself if Tu Fabiola have won in Belgium. So I would have met myself in the final. So that would have been a really cool thing, but it didn't happen. It's a miracle! In retrospect, do you think that She's After My Piano or Miracle would have had better chance to place high in Eurovision? 
We did a version. We we did a we, we did later on. We did our own version. We signed it with the label, but it never happened anything with it. I think they they really didn't push it uh, well enough. I didn't consider at the time me doing that song with Paula. Funny enough, because I thought Miracle was a different kind of song. I kind of liked that as well. Uh, hard to say. Probably it could have been uh, an interesting story. Uh, me and Paul are representing Romania with She's Up to My Piano. Yeah, who knows? Dance like a jungle here, I can feel this blue. When I see him, I just know I wanna see him move. Something about the energy changing in the room. When she enters, I just know she's up to my piano. But was Miracle the obvious choice for you to sing, or did you have more songs to choose from? I was very excited at the time when I wrote the song. Polo liked it very much as well. So we believed in the song. Yeah. And, and the funny story is that, I mean, we came second in the semifinal, I think, with Miracle. And we got so, we had that we had bigger expectations, at least top 10 in, in, uh, in the final. So the, I would not go into any, uh, you know, suspicions about anything, but... I could see that some of the jury voting the song gave like max points in the semifinal for Miracle, and the same jury mem- member gave almost zero points into in in the final. That makes my eyes brow a little bit because how can you, as a jury member, give maximum points in the semifinal and then in the final when we basically had a, even a better performance, you would ditch the song that way but i'm not going to speculate on anything done is done and it's it is what it is eurovision it's a funny competition anyway so um, i'm for us it was a very good thing to to be part of part of the whole thing again and the experience and all that so uh you can't really tell when your song will be top five top ten or not even qualified to the final. Something of a trademark of the duo Paula, Ceiling and Ovi is the weird piano-based contraptions on stage. Uh, I wonder, is it true that it's Paula's husband who created these? Yes, always. But that's me showing him, giving him the original ideas, showing him, hey, what about this, what about this? And I said, oh, it can be done, we'll do it. But yes, he's the, he's the man behind doing it. Do you have any ideas for a new impressive construction for the next time you will compete in Eurovision? Ha ha ha. It, it's a tricky question to 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 get uh, out of me if we're going to be back to, to Eurovision, huh? Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, we've been twice with the piano. Piano is part of our artist life, our our expression on stage. The obvious choice would be, of course, to build up on that concept and and to to go ahead but i don't know we we brought in a unibody plexi piano we brought in a a a round piano what's next it can also backfire if we would do that people say i mean this can this guy's find anything something better than just piano all the time you know so this uh this is a strategic you know decision to take and i do have a great song in in work Uh, which I actually I wrote with uh, Kim Bergset, the one that was behind with Reebok. Uh, we wrote it in Oslo in December last year, but the old pandemic, old thing, and yeah. 
and also um, the way the Eurovision was arranged this year didn't allow us to be part of it if we wanted to, even if we wanted to I don't know it would be nice to surprise the public maybe with diff something different as well but hard to say uh, this was the last time we saw you on the Eurovision stage but have you sent in more songs since if I find the right artist and the right project I do send songs more or less every year I, I had a song written in uh, with a German guy for an Arm Armenian artist uh she i know that she took the song into the national final uh in armenia but i don't know if the song was chosen or not uh for instance play the right now song which i i uh did last year for uh, romanian final yeah for the belgium artist called um olivier kai it was from last year it's called right now right now Paula still work together. I mean, we we saw you at together in Eurovision home concert. We're celebrating 10 years of friendship on stage and and, and collaboration this year uh, since 2010. And we uh, spoke to each other to mark that like a jubilee concert in Romania, maybe a tour. I'll start writing a song. So maybe it's like a summer hit, summerish. So you, me and her can release as a duet song. She really liked the idea and we thought of uh, the video as well. Maybe, maybe bringing in a lot of memories from what we have, you know, pictures and all that, make a cool video of that. Uh, so yeah, we do have that. Thanks for this conversation, Omi. Likewise, uh, Emil, it was... Uh, are, you, are you Emil, the guy from that... Uh, Childhood TV shows from Emil. Yes, I am. Your listeners should should listen, look at that TV show because it's a, it's a funny one. And <laughs> well, when I was a child, I hated when my my parents' friends always screamed uh, Emil. So yeah. I, instead of saying my name, I always said, "No, my name is Pippi Longstocking." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a great talking to you as well, Emil. Uh, and thanks to you, the listener. It's an amazing feeling to reach out to such a wonderful audience. Opinions, questions or suggestions are more than welcome. Use our social media accounts or email me at emil at slagervannerna.se. Ovi, I usually end every episode with the Eurovision song of the guest. Which one of your songs do you want me to end it with? Playing with fire. Share with me, can't you stay with me?